working on my night cheese. Jack, do you know what time it is? I'm sound asleep. I heard you say night cheese. You're listening to the Christian Humanist Podcast, a philosophical, critical, confessional, interstitial, theological, and always delectable conversation between Christian intellectuals. Your hosts are three Christian college professors, Michael Farmer, David Grubbs, and Nathan Gilmore. Hi, and welcome to episode 93 of the Christian Humanist Podcast. This is our last episode of what we call season, season 7. It's really, I guess, the midway point in season 4, right? Yeah, season 4. Anyway, no, this is our last late. episode for the fall. It's our Christmas <laughs> episode. Um, I am joined, as always, by Nathan Gilmore, who is an assistant professor of English at Emanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia, and he is done with the semester. How's it going, Nathan? I have been done with semester for a week and a half now, and it feels good. Thanks for dragging yourself out of bed this early in the morning. <laughs> well, the kids had to get off to school, so I was up anyway. Oh, kids. Also joining us, uh, he is a professor of English at Central Christian College in McPherson, Kansas, David Grubbs. Morning. Are you done yet, David? Um, no, I've still got two full classes Ooh. to uh, to grade, and also today I have to re up my blood pressure medication. And though those two aren't entirely, you know, related, <laughs> it feels like they ought to be. It is that time of the semester. Uh, this is a special episode, a crossover episode, and as such, we have uh, the two hosts of our favorite. I was going to say radio and television, but I don't think you guys do much radio. Television and movie podcast, Night Cheese. So joining us from, you know, it, it occurs to me, I don't know what the name of the city either of you live in is. So, uh, Stephen Sandridge, tell us where you are, what you do, who you are. Um, hi, I'm Stephen of the Night Cheese variety. Um, I'm currently just finished my first semester at a Southeastern Seminary. I live in the small town youngsville north carolina and uh i'm honored to be here this morning before i have to go to work to my uh call center job that is so much better than radio shack we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to keep our baptist jokes to a minimum today oh don't worry that doesn't bother me <laughs> and tim rhodes who are you Hi, yeah, I am Tim, also of Night Cheese Variety, and I am living in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, currently I am an international media producer for In Touch Ministries, which the title sounds a lot cooler than what it really is, so I always lead off with that, but uh, yes, that's what I do, and I guess that's it. Our listeners who don't listen to Night Cheese would be well advised to go to iTunes, type that in, and download it. It's an excellent show. You guys have been doing it for, what, about a year and a half now? That's about right. And this would be a good yeah. time of year to get started because I think Tim and I are, are mostly proud of our Christmas series of episodes from last Christmas yeah, um, where we kind of broke down different varieties of Christmas films and TV specials and personal favorites. So I'm done plugging our show on yours. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you plug our show on yours all the time, so feel free. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, we're going to skip our normal housekeeping stuff because it's rude to do housekeeping when you have guests in your house. So we're, we're going to dive right into the topic. Um, this year For we are talking. We will address your emails at some point. Probably not until January, but <laughs> you know this is a good time not to answer because we have a bunch of angry people about the Christian fiction episode. Oh dear heavens! But 
we're, we're, we're done not talking about talking about that. There we go. So we are talking about televised Christmas specials, both of the produced specifically for one episode variety and the special episodes of uh, regular television series. Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, I imagine we're going to cover quite a bit of ground, so let's go ahead and get started. The most obvious place to start, I think, is the beginning. The first Christmas special produced specifically for television is 1960's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Special. Nathan, against all odds, you told me <laughs> that it is a Gilmore family tradition to watch Mr. Magoo's Christmas Special. Why don't you attempt to explain its appeal to those of us who haven't had the privilege? Well, first of all, my parents are going to be thrilled that this episode leads off with Mr. Magoo because uh, we do watch it every year when we get together in Indiana. Uh, Mr. Magoo, first of all, is a cartoon, has its origins in the 1950s, becomes a regular television series in the 1960s, largely based on the success of Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Uh, Mr. Magoo is an old man uh, who is just a goldmine for slapstick humor for two reasons. Uh, one, because he is nearly blind in his old age, and number two, because uh, he is so proud that he won't acknowledge that he's nearly blind. So you can just imagine, in a cartoon setting, this is not a Lifetime movie, this is a 1950s animated cartoon, so this is not uh, weepy material, this is slapstick material. Um, so the the Mr. Magoo's Christmas special starts out with a sort of framing story uh, Mr. Magoo is on his way to the theater, uh, singing a song about Broadway. Uh, it's got your standard Mr. Magoo gags. He drives the wrong way down the street. He goes into the wrong building at first. Uh, he has several near misses with stage equipment that all end up hitting his director. Uh, so, I mean, it's your standard Mr. Magoo gag until the actual Christmas Carol starts, at which point, for a Mr. Magoo production, you have a surprising lack of slapstick gags. Uh, what you have instead is a fairly straightforward retelling of Christmas Carol. Uh, they edit out certain parts of the story so it can fit into an hour-long television special. Uh, for instance, Scrooge doesn't have a nephew. Uh, he doesn't have a sister, so on and so forth. But you got your standard three ghosts, visit for Marley, uh, repentance at the end, your standard Charles Dickens Christmas Carol plot, along with some fabulous musical numbers. And Razzleberry uh, dressing. Yes, that is one of them. Uh, you know, jangle <laughs> jingle coins that will mingle. Uh, you know, uh, we're reprehensible. We'll steal your pens and pensibles. Uh, oh, I mean, just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, just some of the uh, most memorable... Christmas musical numbers, and by most memorable, I mean you won't be able to get them out of your head once you hear them. Uh, but again, I mean, it sort of sets the stage for uh, the sort of appropriations of Christmas Carol that will characterize Christmas movies from there on in. I mean, you know, without Mr. Magoo, uh, it's hard to imagine a Disney or a Muppets or these other versions of a Christmas Carol. So, I mean, it's definitely a fun little movie. It's only an hour long, so... Uh, and... And I'm going to do the night cheese thing here. It is available on Netflix streaming. Uh, so, you know, you can go and listen to it for your eight bucks a month or listen to it. You can go watch it for eight bucks a month. Great little movie. Uh, you know, 
once I get beyond that, I'm going to start, you know, waxing eloquent about particular scenes. So I'll stop there, Michael. I mean, is there any follow-up you want to do on that? I actually haven't seen it. I have some of the songs on my computer because somebody literally posted them to some website a few years ago. Has anybody else seen that special? No. I, I saw maybe the first 15 minutes and then my kid had to go to bed and we ended up not finishing it. But I did enjoy the 15 minutes that I watched. <laughs> I, I the, the thing that strikes me about it is how unbelievably maudlin the music is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And tiny, t- I mean, Tiny Tim's always maudlin. We, we, right, we talked about that last year. But, uh, man, he won't <laughs> shut up about that Razzleberry dressing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, my my brother Ryan, who's been a guest host on here, I mean, that's his favorite part of it because, you know, instead of Tiny Tim being a crusader for the charitable treatment of the week, he's a Razzleberry dressing fiend. I mean, it's it's interesting that you have disability versus disability at Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, right? Honestly, I hadn't even thought that deeply about it, honestly. I... I mean, okay. Mr. Magoo kind of militates against thinking deeply about anything. <laughs> uh, now, uh, just, just, you know, for, for one who's not seen it. Um, now, is Mr. Magoo the Scrooge character? Yes, yes. Okay, all right, all right, because I was And, not you know, at, at the end, that. you know, the play ends and there's a curtain call. And, I mean, so it's all done inside the frame of this Broadway production. And if I remember right, although I haven't seen it since last year, I didn't I didn't view it in prep for the show. I apologize. I think that the slapstick actually comes back during the curtain call. Hmm. So it goes away for the Christmas Carol segment. But on both ends of the frame story, it's your standard Mr. Magoo slapstick act. So but most of most of the special is what people love most about Mr. Magoo, the sentimentality. <laughs> yeah, well, or what people most love about Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because Mr. Magoo, I mean, the cartoon, I mean, is just one slapstick gag after another. No, I was, I was making a joke, Nathan. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. okay, I'm sorry. my bad, my bad. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, that, it's, uh, was, it's all right. <laughs> that, that was cruel, Michael. Nathan is in deadly earnest about his Mr. Magoo. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of a Christmas Carol, uh, let's talk about Christmas episodes of regular television sitcoms because it seems to me they have traditionally followed three main tracks. They will either retell a Christmas Carol or they will retell It's a Wonderful Life, or they will involve a kid coming to learn that despite the mockery of her friends and family, Santa Claus really does exist. Uh, Steven, I, I, you watch more television than uh, Nathan and David anyway. What episodes <laughs> fall into those three categories, and what, uh, what categories am I leaving out? Okay, well, I feel well-equipped to answer this question anyways, just because of my autistic brother Matthew and his great a mental database of TV land variety sitcoms. So I had a big pull to pull to uh, pull from here. Um, the funny thing I've noticed is that, you know, you, you would expect with the sincerity of a Christmas Carol and particularly it's a wonderful life. Like there might actually be a few sitcoms that would kind of follow it a little earnestly, but not so much. Um, at least what I've discovered. Um, I found a few instances of a Christmas Carol, um, you, you have uh, like uh, Family Ties, for instance. Um, <laughs> you've got uh, Alex P. Keaton, um, Michael J. Fox's character, uh, undergoing sort of that uh, particular storyline there. And then uh, a, a couple of other ones that I would actually like to delve into for a minute that uh, 
were amusing to discover is in 1979, Looney Tunes created uh, Bugs Bunny's Christmas Carol that had um, Ebenezer Scrooge played by Yosemite Sam. And Bob Cratchit played by Porky Pig. <laughs> and and the the amusing thing about and Tweety Bird of course playing Tiny Tim, of course. Oh, why not? And yeah, how could it be otherwise? But the amusing thing is that that was paired, you know, like most Looney Tunes cartoons, with it with another cartoon in the special. And so it was followed up by your standard uh, Roadrunner Wiley Coyote um, <laughs> cartoon, and not, apparently not even a Christmas cartoon. I'm not even sure it was really Christmas themed. It was just just a standard <laughs> Wiley Coyote Roadrunner cartoon. And apparently, when the uh, <laughs> you know uh, Scrooge has his change of heart and you know gives his money to to the Cratchit family and everything, and and you know Merry Christmas everyone. And 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 uh, you can hear apparently at the beginning of the Roadrunner cartoon for Yosemite Sam demanding all his money back, like he completely. <laughs> He complete he completely drops character and goes goes back to thing. And then the uh, the last one that I thought was a an amusing uh, um, variation on the Christmas Carol uh, trend was I don't know if you guys ever remember well remember the 1984 film Ghostbusters, but oh, yeah. they had they had a accompanying Saturday morning cartoon. The real uh, Ghostbusters. The, yes, the real <laughs> Ghostbusters. Because there was already an existing Ghostbusters that looked nothing like it and probably made a lot of Christmas mornings pretty miserable for some children out there in the world who were requesting <laughs> Ghostbusters toys and got the other one. Um, but apparently these uh, the Ghostbusters went back in time and like captured the ghosts of Christmas past and Oh, that's great! <laughs> Christmas, yeah. awesome. So, wow. I thought that was that was quite quite amusing. And so, um, it's a wonderful life. I didn't find as many um, as many parodies and 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 uh, send ups of that, but there were a couple that really stuck out. Uh, one, in fact, wasn't actually aired during the Christmas season, but uh, pretty much followed the same plot. And it was uh, uh, a beloved favorite of mine. And I and I. Wouldn't want to speak for Michael, but I would say for Michael's as well. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh well, of course. Yeah, and where awesome. uh, I was where born in Car- 1982. After all, how could I not yeah. love the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Well, you know, you heard the brother speak. So, uh, <laughs> the uh, the the plot line follows Carlton uh, in the Jimmy Stewart role, um, but his guardian angel for for fans of the show would, if they don't remember this episode, would be amused to know that his guardian angel was played by Tom Jones. Um, so they, they, they had, they, the episode did feature a duet. Of it's not unusual, uh, complete with Carlton dance. So that was, um, <laughs> and then also wow. ma- mar- married with children, um, naturally took a subversive, um, view to it's a wonderful life. And, uh, Al Bundy's, uh, guardian angel was played by comedian, Sam Kinison. Well, yeah. <laughs> And um, Bundy goes on to discover that his family is actually better off without him. Um, and, so, and so in the end, he decides he wants to live because why should they deserve to have a good life after all the misery they've put him through? So um, that's just uh, an, an amusing one. And then the Santa is real thing, you know, has, has kind of kind of come through I, Michael, I didn't actually find as many about, you know, children doubting, but, you know, the one that really comes to mind is uh, Full House, 
um, where they're um, spending Christmas in another location, and you know one of the kids is worried that Santa's not going to be able to find them, and then uh, they, they and once and many sitcoms have employed the plot where the one there's one character in the show you already know is supposed to dress up as Santa, right? And then Santa comes in, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's Uncle Joey!" And then Uncle Joey walks in, and he's like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Oh, that's a standard like, gag. Yeah, it's really Santa, you know. And so, um, and nobody's also, nobody's ever like as shocked by it as they should be. Right. <laughs> I, oh yeah, Santa was real. <laughs> and uh, the la- and and the other thing about the Full House episodes that also employs another common Christmas themed episode is being snowed in. Oh yeah, because that's the only time you uh-huh. ever see snow on sitcoms is Christmas. Right. right. Yeah, you're snowed in, and and that if if it doesn't employ a, a Christmas or a Santa themed uh, plot, then it's gonna set up the stage for a clip show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Clip you, show. You also have the the guy who has to work on Christmas Eve and, you know, things conspire to keep him from coming home. Right? I mean, right. That's, a, that's a Bob Newhart show yeah. episode. Yeah. And then, you know, in the 11th hour, you know, he gets to be with his family or whatever. And, you know, I've noticed particularly with A Christmas Carol, like maybe the subtext of just helping the less fortunate still seems to make its way through now. There aren't as many overt, um, uh, you know, homages to these stories now as there used to be, uh, but they still kind of keep the same theme of it. And, and then of course, one of the bigger things I think is sort of the Charlie Brown effect of what is the true meaning of Christmas, you know, and trying to portray that in their episodes now. So anyways, except the, the, the true meaning they come up with is never quite the one, uh, Charlie Brown came up with. Never at all, actually, ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the days of the Ernest sitcom are so far behind us that I doubt we'll, we'll, we'll see very many examples of the, the three categories I just gave from the right, last right. ten years. Oh, and yeah. honestly, I blame Married with Children. I, I realize that there are shows now that are a lot more jaded, but in in my mind, there's a special place in hell for that show. I <laughs> I mean, I you know, I, I I won't lie. I've watched several episodes and. I enjoy it, but I always have to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife was telling me that there was a recent episode of Castle in which they're investigating the death of a man in a Santa Claus suit who apparently has fallen from the sky. <laughs> and there was a Bones episode that was similar to that where where a guy named Chris Kringle, who played a mall Santa Claus, got murdered. Yeah, I so know. so maybe that's the police procedural Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah, because Monk yeah. Monk had the same episode. Well, Monk had they the one Santa. where Monk had the one where Monk shot Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right! I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that is a special episode. <laughs> the Monk uh, Christmas episode. I mean, I love Monk, but the Monk Christmas episodes in particular are uh, really excellent. There's the other one where there's the miracle cure. Everybody's getting healed of their afflictions. Right. Right. From the fountain at the... At the monastery. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Tim, did you have anything to add? Oh, no, sorry. I was just enjoying listening to you guys. Um, I I think most of what, anything I was going to say, you guys threw in, but I, uh, yeah. I, I got to throw in one more, Michael. I mean, and just because it is so weird that it defies all of these categories, and I think... I'm, I, like you were saying, I mean, I think that it kind of shows that the Christmas episode 
is going different places in the future. Uh, and I say this about an episode that's 15 years old, I realize, but the, uh, but that, that's the, the fame- future for you. It is, it is, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the famous, uh, Seinfeld Christmas episode where the, um, oh shoot, Kramer becomes a mall Santa and he also gets approached by the communist party at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, <laughs> you know. He, he leads this strike of mall Santas, you know, because he convinces them all to become communists. And, you know, again, it, it's one of those things where it is nothing like a wonderful life. It's nothing like a Christmas carol, but it's weird as heck. So it kind of fits in nicely with Seinfeld. And in the other direction, you have a very Alf Christmas. Quite possibly uh, the yes. most maudlin Christmas episode of all time. It's an hour long special. Stephen, you've seen it, I know. Oh, yes. They yes, combine yeah. every emotionally manipulative Christmas trope imaginable. So they have Alf <laughs> gets thrown out by his family because he is putting his name on all their presents. You have elderly elderly black man who dresses up as Santa at the children's hospital. His wife dies and he is going to kill himself on Christmas Eve. You have, uh, <laughs> you have adorable little girl with cancer who will not live oh. to see another Christmas. I was about to say that that special had suicidal elderly and dying children at the same time. I remember that. You wow. have you have wow. woman giving birth in elevator. <laughs> oh, oh, <man. laughs> oh, that's, that's one of the classic ones. And man, they, they really did throw the kitchen they, sink in that one. <laughs> they, they must have thought they weren't going to have another Christmas special because they ju- yeah. they just decided to put it all in there. That that is wow. a that is a gumbo of sentimentality. Where do you even put Alf in that? Alf is in the middle of every single one of those plots. Alf convinces yeah. wow. the elderly man not to throw himself off the bridge. Alf, uh, <laughs> Alf teaches the little girl the real meaning of Christmas, but spoiler alert, she also teaches it to him. Hey. Alf delivers uh. the baby in the elevator, and guess what? They named the baby after the little girl who's going to die. Uh, at least they didn't name it Alf. Well, he wanted them to name it Gordon, you know, because that's his uh, that's his fake name on the show. Gordon, uh, I always want to call him Gordon Sumner. I can't remember what his what his last name is. Actually, I think they're a Tanner family as well. They are Tanners, yeah. <laughs> Willie and Kate. My God, yeah. what is wrong with me? Think of, think of all the things I don't know because I know the the, the name of everybody on Alf. <laughs> Speaking of sitcom well, sentimentality, I, though, I wanted to throw in just that even though, you know, the 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 heart of It's a Wonderful Life or even, you know, Charlie Brown and stuff is not really touched upon overtly nowadays. There's there is a few, very few and far between that still um, throw in their brand of sentimentality that you know may be a little more relativistic given the cast of the show. But I'm thinking particularly of uh Communities uh, yeah, Christmas yeah. episode, uh, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Yep. That's, that's a really uh, moving episode. Yeah, I was yeah. going to mention that one. I totally forgot. Yeah. And I uh, watched that one the other day in preparation for this episode, even though it wasn't on the format. But I, it's just one I wanted to watch. And so, uh, but, you know, they, they given the dynamics of, of, the, of the cast in that show, you know, they, they're not quite as, as uh, upfront with, with Christmas. Uh, the Christmas spirit, but they uh, they kind of define it on their own terms, which mm-hmm. I think is something mm-hmm. that something that a lot of shows do. But the community has always been good for just coming out and saying that's what they're doing. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, along similar lines, the uh, I've only seen one uh, Modern Family Christmas special, but I mean it it basically takes the Modern Family plot line. You know, 
uh, family resentment turns into slapstick comedy and results in reconciliation at the end and maps that onto a Christmas special. What now? Gay couple openly hates each other. Yeah, yeah, and and hates their father and, you know, stepson hates stepfather, and but everyone loves each other in the end. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, again, it's, you know, the multicultural reconciliation. It's the gay-straight reconciliation. It's the, you know, uh, neglected child, aging parent reconciliation. It's basically the... Again, the modern family plot line mapped onto yeah. Christmas. <laughs> I was say not to jump back, but uh, I, one a couple things I liked about the community episode is I think, uh, well, other than the the sentimentality, I thought it was a very meaningful episode. But I I thought the aesthetics were particularly great because not a lot of TV shows go after the claymation route. Partially one because it's really tough to do, but then also because it's probably really hard to justify and explain in the show. So I thought they did a really fun, kind of interesting job of it, having the claymation, but then also kind of explaining why. And it's still kind of zany and kind of wacky, but it, w- it, was, kind of, it was really creative, and I thought that was a, a, a neat, I don't know, just a, a really particularly interesting episode, an interesting trope of Christmas uh, shows, the claymation that we kind of attribute to many Christmas episodes of the past. Tim, that is a wonderful segue, and I appreciate it. Oh. <laughs> because, You're very welcome. Because Christmas is, is unthinkable without that series of Christmas specials that Rankin Bass yeah. produced in, 19, in the 1960s and 70s. The most famous are Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is Claymation, and Frosty the Snowman, which is not. Uh, but Rankin Bass made literally dozens of these, and I hope you guys went to the Wikipedia page and just looked at the sheer number of... Rankin Bass holiday specials. Um, some of them are truly out there. If if you don't, I will talk about Nested a Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. Uh, <laughs> David, did you watch those shows when you were a kid, and do they hold up? Hey, um, the only one that I have really any kind of significant memory of is Frosty. Um, I've only seen bits of Rudolph. Now, keep, in, keep in mind, my, my family didn't have a television, so... Hipster family. Yeah. <laughs> well, before it was cool. Um, <laughs> but does that make them even more? So? Yeah, I was going to say, you just, you just doubled down on the hipster. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see me do that often. <laughs> um, I'm only, I, I only know bit, bit, bits of Rudolph. I seem to remember... Um, I think I remember bits of Nestor, um, but when I pulled up IMDb, um, Lord have mercy, um, Little Drummer Boy, Little Boy, Drummer Boy 2, Revenge of Drummer Boy, um, <laughs> the quick Santa Claus, yeah, <laughs> the quickening, yeah, this, Santa Claus is coming to town. This time it's percussional. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, Twas the night before Christmas, One of my the favorites. year without the year without Santa Claus. Um, that one has had some kind of a weird renaissance because of the, the snow miser, uh, heat miser characters. Uh, the first Christmas colon the story of the first Christmas snow. Um, <laughs> I love that subtitle. What Christmas yeah. is all about? Why would yeah. they just call it the first Christmas snow? Why do you need the <laughs> Why do you need the main title? 
darn Defino, man. I mean, uh, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Apparently, they just wanted to keep the Rudolph going. And a, um, a Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Nestor in 1977. Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, because they got to milk that one. Jack Frost, <laughs> uh, Pinocchio's Christmas. Great, great uh, Christmas character, Pinocchio. Yeah. The Sins of Dorian Gray. Oh, wait, that's not a Christmas special. <laughs> the Sins <laughs> of Dorian Gray? Really? <laughs> Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. No, see, the thing is, is that we, we know, we actually know Rankin-Bass for other reasons, too. It was Rankin-Bass that did the, the 1977 Hobbit, Hobbit cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I'll be. And that was a Thanksgiving special. So, happy Thanksgiving. Here's the Hobbit. And I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it was better than the Peter Jackson Hobbit. Oh, I don't know yet. Forty eight <laughs> hours of the Hobbit. <laughs> well, let, let's let's just say the Rankin Bass one is famous for leaving things out. I, I'm I'm guessing the Peter Jackson one is going to be famous for other reasons. Um, <laughs> also, the Rankin Bass is responsible for. The Thundercats. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> nice. So, so yeah. Um, I mean, my main my main memory is Frosty, and that really pathetic magician guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yes. Oh god, uh, Professor Hinkle. Yes, yes. With his with I, his I, rabbit Hocus. I. <laughs> I just mustache. Dastardly mustache side, I always remember my heart whelming with pity for that guy. He just seems <laughs> so sad. Well, the, and, the hat turns out to be magic, and they won't give it back. I mean, it's his it's his career, for crying out loud. Yes. Yes. I mean, and, you know, and I know, I mean, is it the hat or is it the faith of children or what? I don't know. And... And honestly, the, the well, the, the pathetic thing scene of, you know, Frosty carrying that little girl through the snow and she's freezing and stuff. I'm like, really, man, you're made of ice. Maybe put her down. Yeah, I always <laughs> wondered that. Like, how can he keep her warm? And then also, like, he, he melts in that greenhouse in the middle of the wilderness filled with Christmas poinsettias. And why? who built a greenhouse in the middle of the snow-covered forest? <laughs> Hey, fun fact: there, there are as a poinsettia form farm in every single one of the fifty states of the union. Interesting. Apparently, <laughs> found one of them. Um, well, no, what I'm expecting, what I kind of was hoping, you know, it'd be cool if he would just sort of burrow a hole in his torso so that he could sort of hide her in there. He'd be a <laughs> god, right? <laughs> Wampa style? Like yeah, this. I was going to say, I, I yeah. thought Frosty smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, mo- mostly mostly my memories of Frosty the Snowman are impatience with, their, with, Im- impatience with Frosty physics and sadness for Professor. <laughs> Let's not forget Jimmy Durante's excellent narration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That is pretty off. Awesome. Yeah. I wish I wish I could do that. Can, can anybody do Jimmy Durante? No. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, somebody's got to talk about Rudolph, right? <laughs> Go for it. 
tell us about you. Uh, tell us why Yukon Cornelius really needed his own special. I have seen Rudolph once, so I am not the one. I, I assume uh, Tim or Steven or Nathan, one of you has spent some time with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Come on, I Night Cheese. Never, I could never get over the fact that they had a character named Hermie who wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I just that thought it? that was. I thought that was just strange, but. <laughs> <laughs> then again, Yukon Cornelius had his own Christmas special, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Rudolph was never really one of the personally one of the ones I was more fond of. Um, I know it's personally beloved. And I don't have anything against it, but it just uh, it was. Um, I think I and I and I will address this later in our last question, but I think I held a little bit of bitterness towards some of the uh, Rankin Bass claymation specials because I felt them inferior. Um, to other claymation specials. I figured so, we'd talk uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's time reserved for that later. So uh, I, I'm 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 not I'm not a great authority on Rudolph. I mean, I I, 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 respect, <laughs> I respect its place in in Christmas yeah. special lore, but uh, <laughs> I I have to say I I think that's one of the of the the handful, maybe the few that uh, I've watched probably every Christmas season. I'm. Now I'm somewhat embarrassed to say that, but uh, yeah, yeah, Rudolph was a big thing in our family, and and uh, I'm not even sure why. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that of. I guess it was one of those the few that was on every year, uh, mm-hmm. but it was definitely one of those that we uh, wore out the the VHS tape of, and uh, <laughs> and really loved it. I think there was a lot of really a lot of really fun things I liked about it. It's still watching it again. There's a lot of really strange. Obviously, it was you know '64. I think when it was released, and <laughs> yeah. it's strange. It it didn't reach the the really in- incredibly strange Rankin base. You know, Christmas stuff in the future. It was still relatively. Uh, oh, yeah, when you have whole pantheons of Christmas gods, exactly. It, it got a it got a little it got a little weird with like King Moonracer uh, being the king, you know, of the Island of Misfit Toys and the whole Island of Misfit. I mean, it, it does get a little odd, but I think for the most part, it's pretty. Um, <laughs> like it's pretty. It hold, I mean, it's a pretty interesting like Christmas. I don't know. A lot of stuff really kind of stuck after that, you know, with Rudolph and um, Burl Ives. His his music oh, performance. He narrates it. And uh, I, it's particularly enjoyable, even though some of the songs are really weird about loving silver and gold. And well, that's, um, that that special is where we get the song "Holly Jolly Christmas," right? I, you know, I think it is. I don't know for sure, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of music from that, and a lot of things that kind of have stuck around. And and the animations, particularly, it's a lot of fun. Um, right. And uh, but well, Tim, it, but it, you seem yeah. to know these. Help me out. That there is one that I remember from childhood, but I've never seen again. <laughs> yeah. Where they have this. Congress of the Christmas Pantheon, whether where they're deciding whether to make Santa Claus an immortal with them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 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 Santa Claus as Hercules. I mean, it's just a bizarre thing. <laughs> I, I swear, I remember this as from my childhood, but I can't ever I rem- find it again. I remember it too, but I, I'm I'm the same way. I, I don't remember enough. I I, I remember bits and pieces kind of like that, like just what you said. But I don't. Re- I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm at a loss as to what it's called or what it was or. You know, yeah, I, da- I damn it, the social I, forces I, that I, made Rankin Bass stop making these claymation Christmas <laughs> things. Well, what I love though is, is a couple years ago when uh, Blu-ray players were first coming on the market. Uh, one of the displays, I remember this very clearly. Uh, it was either Target or Walmart. One of the two was, you know, come and see, you know, these Rankin Bass Christmas specials in super super high definition. 
And I'm thinking, okay, of all the things to show in super, super high definition, <laughs> yeah. it's like, so, so you can see the dimples on the little styrofoam balls they make Frosty out of, you know, what, you know, awesome. <laughs> it's like, why in the world would you pick this to be your super high def exhibit? You, yeah. you know, my, my favorite is, uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, wherein a mouse writes a letter to the editor of the human newspaper saying Santa Claus is a fraudulent myth rooted in unconscious fantasy and emerging as a deceitful lie and uh <laughs> santa boycotts the town <laughs> oh, gosh. oh i didn't remember that he one, is a, yeah, he's, yeah he's a petulant childish man apparently <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems to be one attribute of a lot of of several of the rank and base like it, it's been like in rudolph and that one too like he's he's a jerk like he he's at <laughs> times and you don't know why. It's like, why are you acting this way? I don't know. It's not the same, like, you know, jolly, you know, old Saint Nick. So, but well, you know, yeah. Jesus forgives, but Santa doesn't. That's right. Wow. The oh. life and adventures of Santa Claus Santa is Claus. the one you guys yeah. were trying to yes. remember. Oh, is that adventures. the one? Okay, okay. Yeah, this is this is the 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 Wikipedia summary. It it talks about uh, there is a hearing. Um, by the immortals over whether or not Santa yes. Claus gets the mantle of immortality. That is the one. <laughs> and oh, they're going to kill him. And see, now, <laughs> in college, I, I tried to talk to my friend uh, Wes Arblaster. And Wes, I don't know if you're listening, but see, sucker, it's real. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and Just like Santa he, Claus. He would not stop laughing at me. He said that Christmas special never existed. But it does sound like something you would you would like make up out of an opium dream, Nathan. It, it, it sounds like something your, emerging from your deepest subconscious. You need to get your roommate snowed in at an airport, and then you know the real Santa will show up. There you go. Releasing it, and so we, we can have that. Hey, I have a quick question for Tim, and in the in the vein of family yeah. tradition with uh, Rudolph, oh. is that something you've continued with your family, particularly Honest, with your son? Honestly, my my kid can barely form. I mean, he's just starting to be able to form sentences, and he's already singing many of those Christmas favorites from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, he, we we've watched it a few times. He he likes it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, my, my we found the DVD, and it's something. Yeah, we're we're watching. I mean, it's not like necessarily a tradition i mean you know it's not like we're making it like something we have to do but it's just of the christmas stuff we enjoy watching it it's a lot of fun nice. and it's the the it's funny <laughs> but it's also kind of nerve-wracking because with with uh, Liam, he's only two but there's one particular part where you know once the reindeer kids find out that rudolph has that red nose one of one kid calls him rainbow puss and and, <laughs> such, <laughs> and, and i'm like it, and I and it's funny because just we just I just watched it a few years ago and that's the first time I'd ever seen it a few years ago or heard that and I was I have no idea what sort of insult that is and if it's uh, politically correct like what what is that? It feels and, a little and, different in 2012. It's it's it's, really, yeah, it's really bullying does. Tim and it's unacceptable. <laughs> hey, when you guys were kids and you sang the uh, fun words to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, where you added the words, what is the the name that the other reindeer would call Rudolph? Um, that's a good. Oh gosh, now yeah, now I, I, I can't think remember. Like I, I would have been able to tell you if Pinocchio. you hadn't asked. I don't know. Pinocchio yeah. is what most people I know sang when I was yes. a kid. I sang it as Fudge Face. Fudge Face. Like, <laughs> that, that is what I was fudge taught. Face? Fudge Face. And then I remember getting in trouble for singing it that way in elementary school. And it's not until a few years ago. Fudge? 
It's not until you a few years ago that trouble. I realized that was that was racist. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh god. It, yeah, I was about to say you got in trouble for singing the wrong subversive lyrics to <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Christmas Carol. Hey, what do you do? You sing Pinocchio like all the other kids for him. <laughs> Fudge face. <laughs> I mean, at least used a, a nose-based insult. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. That's what happened. Oh, Has man. anybody but me seen Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey? No. You'll be you'll you'll be glad to know, Michael. I just purchased. Um, <laughs> this is funny in light of our conversation. A Blu-ray um, version <laughs> of. Uh, it's just a it's a it's a compilation of uh, Christmas specials and Nestor is on there. Yeah, you got the ten the ten disc one or the uh, no not ten disc like, it's ten specials. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 have that too. Ne- so you haven't seen Nestor before? Uh, unless we watched it at one of those marathons, I don't remember. That, Stephen and I used to uh, get together every Christmas and watch like eighteen hours of Christmas specials. Is yeah, what, he, what he's so, referring to. So we should be well prepared for this episode. It's been a long time coming. N- Nestor is <laughs> about the donkey that was at the manger, right? <laughs> yeah. Except it, when we meet him at the beginning of the show, he is Santa's donkey. He lives in the stables at the North Pole. So he's the bridge between Jesus Christ and Santa Claus. Wow. But oh, like he has long ears when he's a baby and so everybody makes fun of him. Right? So, you know, shades of Rudolph. And he and his mother get driven out of wherever they're living. And and here's where it gets dark because they get driven out into a blizzard and to save his life, she throws him down on the ground and lays on top of him, and when he wakes up in the morning, she's dead. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Did Start I mention? You. Did I mention that oh, he's played gosh. by a country music legend, Roger Miller? Yeah, yeah, the rooster oh, guy wow. from Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, he's totally. It's, it's oh. Roger Miller. Yeah. So his mother, his mother dies, keeping him warm in the blizzard. <laughs> this is a special they showed to children at Christmas. Wow. Hey, thanks. I'm Mom. just glad Frosty didn't try that with the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. She that wakes might up actually and she's help. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Karen. <laughs> See, this is this is why they can't make those specials anymore because people like us would make fun of them. Yep. We, we've lost the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Something. We would be uh, remiss if we did an episode on Christmas specials without talking about the one that basically everybody acknowledges is the best, 1965's A Charlie Brown Christmas. I think we talked about this in our very first christmas episode although i can't remember i know we played the music anyway uh-huh. uh tim what is it about the charlie brown christmas that makes it so unbelievably enduring and why could it melt the heart of the stonia cynic well this actually is another one of those uh hand just small handful of shows that we kind of watch you know every, every year you know again it's not like we necessarily have to or feel like it's forced but it's something we enjoy watching and yeah, A Charlie Brown Christmas is is uh, one of the. I mean, we watched it again just a, a couple of days ago, and it's a really just watching it over again. Even though it's you know almost fifty years old, it's such a. I don't think really really special about it, and I think a lot of the, the, something different from many of the other Christmas specials. It's it, it's a lot um, a lot more simple maybe. Like it, it kind of lacks the the fanfare, kind of the excitement of most other Christmas programming. Um, the animation, you know, it's not. 
the, the I mean, animation overall aesthetic is nothing like really incredibly exciting. It's very imperfect, um, but still really, really endearing. And it's in, and even though the animation, yeah, like I said, is imperfect, it's still very vivid at the same time. Um, the another uh, one, one really awesome aspect, and I think one that kind of separates it is the the music as well. Um, uh, Vince Giraldi, is that yeah, who says Giraldi? Okay, yeah, it feels. I mean, even though it's it's definitely Christmas music, it feels. Um, I don't know more universal. We just say universal, but it doesn't feel like. I don't know, like the you know nothing against Rudolph, right? but the hokey kind of tunes out of there's something more. Um, kind of what you said earlier, more earnest about it, and um, and um, and and also the the children. I feel like they're you know the, the voices are actual children. It, it sounds very unprofessional, um, but mm-hmm. it makes things feel more real. It makes the the episode the, the special uh, just have a lot more like this kind of authentic feeling to it. Well, like, I'm not to get into the cliche, totally, but Sally totally flubs her lines at one point, and they just it, leave it yeah. in. It's excellent, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is great. And and I think and I think I mean other than just the the like I said, you know, just the aesthetic of it, which is which is great. I think it addresses a lot of things that um, we address now, like the question of you know popular culture versus sacred culture and commercial. Mm-hmm. Something that we I feel I feel like every generation we feel like it's a new phenomenon or something that's a new like you know the christmas of the past was so much more pure or whatever but you know this <laughs> this this really you know half a generation you know half a um generation old it's still or half a century old it still struggles with this as well and it still brings up these questions and i i thought that was particularly uh interesting and then also just you know charlie brown you know being his typical neurotic self i feel like most people can identify with him you know asking the questions about the meaning of christmas and um, and, and recognizing that, you know, things aren't always so jolly, things aren't so jolly. And I feel like these times of the year, um, kind of even because there's such an emphasis on, you know, being together and family. And, um, I think that heightens, um, loneliness, uh, um, uh, as well. Like it, it, it heightens what you're lacking as well. And so I, I thought that was something that I think we can all relate to is those questions of, you know, I, it doesn't feel, this doesn't feel like a special time of the year. And um, so I, I think there's a lot of that we that um, society, you know, like and I guess that's the same with other Christmas special. There's certain aspects that are relatable. But this one, since it involves, you know, real children, there isn't really anything sort of magical about it. There's a lot uh, to it that that we can really kind of identify with. And then and then sorry, I'm not to, I'm babbling. Um, but then also the thing about the 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 ending, kind of the big climax, which sounds really weird. But, uh, you know, with Linus quoting the scripture, um, one thing that I there's a couple of things that I loved about that, although um, he was, you know, of course, directly quoting the Bible. It didn't feel it didn't have what you'd expect, that sort of preachy um, evangelism sort of feeling to it. And it was also a really great juxtaposition of kind of what they had been complaining about earlier, the, the, the commercialism of Christmas, the, the glamour, the glitz of it. It was the direct opposite. It was a very simple um, no frills, sort of just retelling. And I, I thought that was really, I don't, I, I don't know if that was intentional, but I really enjoyed that a lot. I thought that was a neat kind of, um, difference to what they had been talking about earlier and seeing earlier. Do but think, do you think that the simplicity of the, uh, of the message and its delivery at the climax of the special kind of goes well with the simplicity of the overall special? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. And and I really also liked and this this might reveal a cynic man, and not not to be cynical, but I really appreciated that after Charlie Brown did hear this and did hear that 
the the the, the true meaning of Christmas. Um, his his change is a lot more subtle than I think we as Christians would think it would be. Yep. Like he, you know, he doesn't. He's suddenly not overcome with this immense joy, and suddenly is you know everything's perfect. I like that it's a lot more subtle and a lot more hidden than that. And I think that's more realistic than what we we kind of think. Oh, when someone hears a message, they just can't help but you know, I don't know, be completely changed. I mean, not just changed, but changed emotionally. I guess the the change mm-hmm. actually seems to happen with the other children more than with Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. They they stop being yeah, jerks yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really true. Right. So in other they, words, they, 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 they don't, don't try to turn Charlie Brown into Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Charlie Brown is actually, I mean, he's 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 much more a pre-George Bailey than anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I I, I love that one. Uh, well, for all the reasons that you that you just uh, stated, Tim, but also because uh, the the. I just want my fair share. I just want what's coming to me is <laughs> my favorite line. Yeah. Yeah. R- round about the end of every semester when I start grading papers. Um, they do not I just hear that again and again. Oh, that's oh, great. Shoot. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, uh, How Tim, about like tens it. and twenties? <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what you should respond. I'll give, I'll give you five good reasons. One. Two, three, four. Those are good but, but Tim, I, I like what you said there because I mean I think that the aesthetic really is of kids doing a Christmas pageant. Yeah, and I mean I think that might be part yeah. of what makes it escape some of the cynicism, right? Because I mean it's not delivered as a very slick, you know, sort of Disney Channel production. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean it, it sounds like you know kids doing a church Christmas pageant mm-hmm. and flubbing their lines, you know, which is always part of the Christmas pageant experience. Yeah. And how cool was that dance? I mean, that dancing scene was so much fun too. Just kind of in the middle of just the middle of the program, just on the stage, everyone playing music and dancing. That was kind of exciting and fun. And Mm -hmm. now is the time in a Charlie Brown Christmas where we dance. (laughs) (laughs) With With a couple of notable exceptions too. I'd say that soundtrack transcends the holiday season. Yeah. I could listen to the Linus and Lucy track, you know, year mm-hmm. round, which is yeah. kind of known as the theme, so to speak, for Peanut. Oh but. God! Well, and uh, he he was actually a guest host a couple of years ago, but Dan Dawson, back in high school, knew that song and nothing else on the piano. That's so, a great one to know. If you're gonna know. Why. Oh man, I, I, you think that until you hear it every week for three years. <laughs> Dan, you ruined Christmas for everybody. <laughs> no, just for me, just for me. <laughs> Though, I mean, can, can we agree that that Christmas time is here is is kind of anti cheerful? Yeah. The, the yeah, lyrics yeah. are so happy, but the song is so sad. Uh-huh. Christmas time is here. So that has kind of been my Christmas theme for the past several years. That's that's how I feel at this point in the semester. Christmas time. <laughs> Out of all yeah. the David Grubbs of the world, you're the David Grubbsiest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Well, we have not even come close to exhausting this topic, so let's uh, let's take a page from the Night Cheese playbook and uh, 
go around and advocate for things we've left out. Uh, try to limit yourself to one or two if you can. I mean, I know we could all give 20 of them that we love. Make the case why the one or two specials you want to talk about belong on our collective decaying VHS tape that we keep in our collective mother's <laughs> basement. Uh, let's start with you, Nathan. All right. Well, before I get to that, I, I just want to note that, I mean, one phenomenon that deserves mention, if nothing else, is the fact that the NBA has recently chosen Christmas Day as its big game day. Uh, and I mean, I, I think of that as sort of the new generation of Christmas special because uh, it is as far away from the Charlie Brown Christmas special as you could ever imagine, uh, you know, but it, it's one of those bizarre things that, you know, the NFL has claimed Thanksgiving and minor league football has claimed New Year's Day. So the NBA said, OK, we're going to take Christmas. And so, you know, they, they promote that, you know, pretty much starting in July. Uh, you know, these are the matchups that are going to be on Christmas Day. Uh, and within my own family, because my little brother, Ryan, who was also a guest host at one point, lives in Los Angeles now. Uh, that's always a a Christmas event at our house now is that, you know, we get back from visiting grandparents and Ryan turns on the Lakers game. So, uh, as far as Christmas specials that belong on our VHS tapes, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to my, my standard here and just say that there are so many fun versions of a Christmas carol. I mean, there's Patrick Stewart, there's George C. Scott, there's Mr. Magoo, of course. Um, there is Alistair, is it Alistair Crowley? No, no. I, I hope not. <laughs> no, that's the that's Satanist guy. Uh, I really hope there Alistair, is an Alistair Crowley Alistair Christmas, no, that's Christmas the, special. That's the Church of Satan guy. Crap, I can't think of the... Uh... Alistair McIntyre. <laughs> no, not him either. Alistair Crud. Ben. Alistair What Cook? now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ke- Kevin McAllister. No, no. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I am blanking out, and it's one of my favorite versions of the Christmas Carol. But what I will say is, I mean, if if someone, you know, uh, could wave a wand and make all of the lawyers in the world fall asleep for a day and compile a DVD collection with all of those versions put together in one volume, uh, that would be a phenomenal Christmas DVD in my mind. Oh, all those tiny Tims, though. (laughs) It's not Alistair Sim, is it? Alistair Sim, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Google. Oh man, I I can't believe I just blanked on that. Alistair Go ahead. Crowley. <laughs> man, I would lo- I would love to see that. That was your first Alistair of choice. <laughs> wow. Uh, David, you you uh, you next. Advocate. Now, uh, I I know it's probably not going to count because we haven't counted its 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 brethren. Um, but you know, because I, I I didn't grow up with, I didn't grow up with TV, you know, in 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 my childhood. So the era of you know special, very special episodes and Christmas specials kind of passed me by. My only real knowledge of of Frosty and Rudolph is through VHS tapes, not through TV. Um, but now. You know, when they're playing 24 hours of A Christmas Story, I think that <laughs> kind of I think it kind of becomes a Christmas special. You know, that 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 for me, um, that that's that's the one that 
you know, that that that's the Christmas special in in in, in my household. Do you know what's great about that that movie? If I mean, we'll pretend it's a Christmas special. What's yeah, well, where, where do we start the list? <laughs> well, I mean, you, I, you you can, I know it's not. You don't. I've never seen the movie all the way through, but because it's essentially a collection of Christmas vignettes with a vague plot line tying them together, <laughs> you can just drop in for 15 minutes and not feel like you're missing anything. Oh, that is true. That's true. Exactly. Um, now, I know what wasn't made for television, which seems to be, you know, our criterion. Um, it was. It had a theatrical release, even if not a terribly successful one. But now the fact that, you know, you can basically watch it, you know, at any time of day, Mm-hmm. on television during christmas you know it's just that it's just cycling through you know i i i, I think it kind of puts it in this position oh I, yeah and i i can't even think of that as a movie theater movie now i yeah. mean it's such a television staple well it's a wonderful life too um i i remember i remember reading somewhere that the reason why it's so pervasive is that it's copyright lapsed mm-hmm. and so um Basically, they could. Pl- it was a Christmas movie that could be played by television stations without having to pay anyone else, mm-hmm. which is why it got so pervasive. No, there's the real spirit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they just want what's coming to them. They just want their fair share. Is nothing sacred. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Anyway, no, A Christmas Story, it's quotable. Um also, even though I think most of us like would like to think that we're George Bailey and have those kinds of everybody would miss me fantasies, um, I think really we are, you know, most of us really are Ralphie, and we know deep down that what matters is not getting caught. <laughs> I, I am not George Bailey, nor was meant to be. Yeah, yes. Oh, wow. T.S. Eliot and Christmas Story. <laughs> have to class it up somehow. Awesome. No, that, that, that's 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 my bid, but I cheated, so sorry. What matters is whether I get away with it. Tim, let's uh, let's do you next. Yeah, my my uh, one that I want to uh, bring up. I'm a little. I, I was hesitant. I think I mentioned it in Night Cheese, but it's a little. I'm, I always feel a little bit bad because this one's so hard to get your hands on. Um, but it's 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 definitely one that growing up, I now now we joked about wearing out VHS tapes. I literally destroyed. This VHS tape, it, uh, it was uh, a Muppet Family Christmas from 1987, oh. <laughs> and it, uh, it it's it's incredible. It's fantastic, and it's it's a neat story. Actually, yeah, I was I was a kid. Uh, the tape just one day, just it it. I don't remember what happened, but I remember as a kid realizing that it didn't work anymore. That something was wrong, and uh, and I we had just worn it out. But a couple years ago, uh, for Christmas, I don't know how my mom found one, but she got me a VHS tape of a Muppet Family Christmas. She must have found it on eBay or something. And it was just a really special gift. I, I was really shocked. And um, and then I managed, because I work at a broadcast, uh, you know, with broadcast facilities, production facilities, I managed to be able to put that VHS tape onto DVD. And so now we have it. Copy, in, in fact. Yeah. You and Steven. And uh, I made a couple extras, too, just in case, you know, I, I've got, you know. But, uh, but just because it's one of those shows, I, I, I'm still surprised that it's not um available but i i've it's, been it's reading music, it, so I, it's music clearance right That's yeah exactly yeah they did release it on dvd like in 01 but there were so many 
so many of the music pieces that were taken out of it. Um, I guess just they haven't done anything since then. And so you can find them used on Amazon for, you know, ton. I mean, it, it costs a lot. And, um, and it, it just doesn't have that same feeling. It's not the same as, as when it was first released. Uh, but that's just a, a really, really great uh, a special. And it was particularly neat, I mean, not only because there's a lot of really great music. It's the Muppets. It's obviously going to be fun and funny. But it kind of almost almost breaks like that fourth wall because it introduces the other like sort of Muppet-ish, you know, you know, it introduces Sesame Street. They all kind of meet, not introduces, but they all come together, the Fraggle Rock. And it's just this really great uh, uh, humorous uh, special about uh, people coming together. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's a really great, and it's just, you know, 45-ish minutes, uh, but it's it's a great special. The Swedish chef tries to cook a big bird. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I loved it because apparently, yeah. So in the show, in the show, this uh, turkey is invited by the Swedish chef to come, and the turkey doesn't get it when he's invited. It it's to be the meal, and he's really excited to be there. And then, of course, the Swedish chef tries to cook him, but then the turkey, you know, points out in the other room, "Look at this guy!" And it turns to Big Bird, and the Swedish chef goes nuts, and it's hilarious. Like it's hysterical. Uh, it's it's a great. It, it's such a funny. <laughs> I mean, it's the Muppet, so it's gonna be great. But and Jim, it, it Jim is Henson appears on camera at the end, mm-hmm, which yeah. is very moving. Now he's wearing the world's ugliest sweater. Yeah, it's like zebra I, print. I'm. I may be wrong. Um, um, never mind. Maybe I shouldn't say because I don't know for sure. But I want to say this might be one of the last things he worked on. But that I could think. Be I incorrect. think it is. Although he would have died in what 1990. Yeah. So maybe. Um, yeah. See, I, I don't remember for sure, but. It's certainly so, so the, near the end. Uh, yeah. I was also fond of the running gag of the patch of ice in the doorway. So every time somebody entered the house, they slipped and fell. It, and so it was amusing to see Muppets, you know, just walk through, bouncing, bouncing, and, you yeah. know, the sound effect. I don't know why. You know, to say it out loud, it's not really that funny. But after about the fifth or sixth time, it just cracked me up. It also has the world's <laughs> only tolerable version of Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, cold enough to freeze your Winnebago, and I remember as a kid, <laughs> clue what that meant. Like I, I know what a Winnebago was. Like, but I would say it anyways all the time. I used to say it all the time too. <laughs> Is that where that came from? The cold enough to freeze your Winnebago. It's yeah. certainly in that. I don't know if that's where it came from or not. Yeah, I heard that, and I remember as a kid thinking like. What is what? Where does that even come from? Anyway, now I know. But it's it's a great it's a great one. Get your hands on it if you can. It's like I said, it's not available almost anywhere. But try to <laughs> or email me. I got the hookup. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen. I think I know what you're going to advocate for. But go ahead. And yeah, do it. yeah. It's 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 not all that. Um... Hard to figure out if you know me that well at all. Um, unapologetically, I'm, I'm going to advocate for Will Vinton's Christmas claymation or claymation Christmas. What I don't know, actually, you know, for loving it so much, I'm not actually sure what the real title is. But um, you know, that's in a, in you a know world Rex that, and Herb. That's right. In in a world that is defined by the Rankin Bass claymation specials, this one kind of got swept under the rug, and how. By some, you know, manner of I, I don't want to overplay it, but I'll say divine intervention. Um, we managed to get a VHS tape of, of this special when uh, when I was 
when I was just a young boy. And uh, we would watch it year after year after year. Pretty much the premise is, is these two dinosaurs. Um, yeah, two dinosaurs. Na- naturally, uh, uh, a T-Rex named Rex and some kind of triceratops that was aggressively effeminate. Um <laughs> <laughs> named, uh, he is yeah na- named herb and um and the funny thing about rex is that he's dressed like uh like some you expect him to be like hosting some bbc special of uh you know like caroling in the park or something and herb is like okay i'm still trying I don't to know, process a t-rex like, clothes on but <laughs> yeah yeah with a, with a tuxedo and, and, and herb and herb is wearing a santa costume <laughs> Um, and is some kind of cross between like Nathan Lane and Sean Hayes, maybe, I don't know, Uh, but, uh, anyway, and so pretty much they're just the two MCs and they, and they, and they host these claymation, claymation music videos of, uh, Christmas carols. So they have like a, we three Kings that is actually sung by the camels at the, at the manger. Which I know, theologically speaking, is is inaccurate, but um, that's not why we're here. So, and then then they have uh, Carol of the Bells, which is which is really entertaining, um, so, uh, performed by a, a, a choir of actual bells hitting themselves in the head with mallets. And then, awesome. um, and the I think the real selling point of this of this. Um, special was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was performed by the California Raisins. <laughs> and it's the, and, t- it's uh, the Temptations version of Rudolph. It's my, by far my favorite rendition of Rudolph, too, the Temptations version. Uh, um, love that. And uh, by and large due to this this special, though. And then um, and then also, uh, I, think, I think one of the things that might have solidified Michael and I's friendship early on was our shared love of this special. Um, <laughs> as well, which it sounds funny, but I don't know that that adds sentimentality to me, Michael, for what it's worth. And uh, and uh, I, the, also a, a great thing about the special is in between all of these, for lack of a better term, music videos, there's this running gag uh, between a lyric of a lyrical misinterpretation of "Here We Go a Wassailing," and um, all these different claymation characters come in with a different. Uh, inappropriate lyric instead of Wassel. And so, <laughs> and, and, and Rex is the only character in the entire special who understands what, what, th- that the word is Wassel. And, and, and Herb is just continually, continually annoying him by believing everybody else's definition and trying to rationalize it and justify <laughs> it. Says, he, says here, Wassel's <laughs> from the Celtic world word for lamb's wool. Must be an old sheep shearing song. <laughs> a fine example. And so, uh, while it's not as as difficult to find as the Family Christmas, it is pretty rare. Uh, but um, I managed to find a DVD of. Apparently, Will Vinton also made a an Easter and a Halloween special as well, and they paired all three of those together on one disc. Um, so you can you can find that at I guess online retailers and stuff or. But um, it's it's well worth it just for the Christmas special. It's it's uh, it's it's highly amusing. Uh, I, oh. I, I'm not exactly going to advocate, I'm, I, but I am going to point out the uh, the Disney Christmas special uh, from all of us to, to all of you, which is a footnote I think for most Americans at Christmas. It aired a couple times uh, 
I think it was produced in 1959. It's aired a couple times since then. I have a VHS copy from like 1985. Um, but it, it's just a bunch of old repackaged Disney clips with some framework putting it together, right? So it's uh, Gemini Cricket is giving you Christmas cards from all the people. So you get the dance scene from the Jungle Book, or you get the uh, the dressmaking scene from Cinderella, and they pretend it's Christmas. Hmm. So it's not, you know, it's not. The, the most of the clips are not in any meaningfully way in any meaningful way Christmas, um, and again it's a footnote in America, but in Scandinavia this is the most popular program every year. Forty percent of Swedish people watch this every year. Wow! Um, wow! Swedes are weird, man. They love Donald <laughs> Duck. They love Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the Donald Duck comics are are huge in Scandinavia, apparently. So um, I, I remember watching that as a kid. It was never my favorite, but I always liked it. And uh, so it was funny for, for me to learn that. You guys hit most of the ones I really like. You hit uh, Claymation and Muppet. I also love the uh, Garfield Christmas special. Oh, yeah. I, I knew there was one that. I was forgetting. Has anyone ever seen the Star Wars Holiday Special? No, I've seen cl- I've seen clips, but I have not seen the real you know the real deal. The whole yeah, I've, I've read about it, but never seen it. Because that thing's legendary, and it actually kind of scares me. I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to know if it melts the face off Nazis. <laughs> but yeah, every year I, I, I think about trying to track that down, and then I don't because apparently Han Solo is actually in it, and I don't want to kill my love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, uh, thank you, listener, for bearing with us. We will be back at some point next semester. I, right. I imagine we're going to be doing a couple of point one episodes while David's in J term. Yeah, and we'll, we'll announce those yep. on the blog and on Facebook before we drop them. So, in the meantime, we in the in the meantime, you can email us at thechristianhumanist at gmail dot com. You can go to our website, which is christianhumanist.org. You should definitely go download the Night Cheese podcast. When's your next episode coming out, guys? That's uh, that's, that's a good, good question. question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the pressures of the end of the semester have made me a little unavailable. So um, we'll be coming back soon, though. So please yeah. stay tuned and just uh, like like our Facebook page, you'll you'll get notified when we post a new episode. You can also like our yeah. Facebook page. Or both of them. <laughs> yeah, that's not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I would say go, go with both. Yeah. We encourage Facebook <laughs> promiscuity. And if we've left out your favorite uh, favorite Christmas special, and I'm sure we have, by all means, complain about it. Let us, let us know. Uh, <laughs> you know, by the time we're back on the air, it'll be long after Christmas, and we probably won't want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Christian Humanist Podcast and from Night Cheese for Nathan Gilmore, David Grubb, Stephen Sandridge, and Tim Rhodes. This is Michael Farmer saying, let your sins be strong, but let your faith be stronger. Mm-hmm.